0: I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of a lion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten house a gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears
2: welcome to rock strikes 10 the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs no more no less my name is joey i want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today especially if you're doing it at the central station of CnJRadio.com. okay we are into the top 20 now of our top 80 albums of 1982 so let's get back to the countdown shall we Coming in at number 20 is an album that's definitely a favorite amongst most music fans of 1982, and that would be the all-encompassing sound of Roxy Music's Avalon. It came out on May 28, 1982, produced by Rhett Davies. No relation to the Davies of the Kinks, I looked it up. But it looks like he also had a hand in working on some Brian Eno records, which is kind of interesting in a post-Eno Roxy Music world. Avalon, not my favorite Roxy Music album, actually. That distinction goes to The Great Siren, but Avalon's pretty damn good, too. It serves almost the same kind of purpose as an album like Siren does. Nice and smooth and the way it ought to be, right? So let's get into the music, shall we? From the album Avalon, this is Roxy Music, of course, with The One Thing. Kicking off the show here today and coming at number 20 on the top 80 albums of 1982. That was Roxy Music from the album Avalon, and that was The One Thing. Of course, who doesn't love the two big songs off of it, the title track and more than this, but I'm a one thing guy, so I just wanted to go with that, maybe give you a little something different as I try to do here and there on Rock Strikes 10. It's definitely a balance of playing non-obvious versus obvious stuff when it comes to doing these yearly retrospectives because... I don't want to be a total snob about it. So let me know if you are liking the balance of these particular countdowns or if you think I can do better. Love to hear from all of you. I know I've given you a lot of shows to listen to this week, but hey, this is for the true friends of Rock Strikes 10. Let's get back to the countdown coming in at album number 19, a very seminal, very, very popular album. And that'll be the case for a few more entries here on the countdown. There, there's a lot of personal favorites here on this top 20, but a lot of obvious ones as well, as you might expect, like I said. But this one right here, this is a big one. Rio by Duran Duran, arguably their best album. I think it's probably their most successful. I'm not sure in terms of sales, I'm not sure, but I got a feeling it, it probably would be Rio if I had to put some money on it. Came out on May 10th of 1982, produced by Colin Thurston. Yeah, it's definitely their strongest overall album most of the non-single tracks are pretty damn good like this one right here this is probably my all time favorite duran duran song it's just so good i I don't know where this song came from but it's sheer perfection in my opinion so to represent the rio album going with the closing track on the record this is the chauffeur
3: Sun drips down, bedding heavy behind the front of your dress. All shadowy lined, and the droning engine throbs in time with your beating heart. Towards that hollow western isle, my envied lady holds you fast in her gaze. And the sun drips down, bedding heavy behind the front of your dress, all shadowy line. and the droning engine throbs in time with your beating heart. And the sun drips down, bedding heavy behind the front of your dress, all shadowy line. and the droning engine throbs in time with. your You're beating hard
2: If my memory serves me correct, which it doesn't always serve me correct, but if I have it right in my head, I haven't played that song since the second ever episode of Rock Strikes 10. I believe I did do it on that episode. That was dealing with sophomore albums that were better than their debuts. So, yeah. Chauffeur by Duran Duran off the classic Rio album. I just picked up the live at hammersmith 82 double vinyl for record store day i need to dive into that i don't even know if the chauffeur is on there sometimes with these things i don't even look at the track listings so looking forward to it i'll get back to you on that so coming in at number 18 a band even though they're not from the uk like the first two bands i just played here they did get famous in the uk first they they got over there first even though they're from america and that happens with a handful of bands especially back in that day go over there if nothing's happening for you in the states or you get a bid to do a record over there however it is but they worked their asses off and they made it all over the world but they did it in the uk first i'm talking about the stray cats so this is a little bit of an asterisk but i'm counting it as a 1982 record this is going off the album built for speed which is their first american full-length release and it's all studio cuts it's not so much a best of but it's a little bit of an amalgamation of their first two albums that they put out in the uk but i'm counting it because the way it was marketed and told in the states is that it was their first album their first full length so i'm counting it it's a great record came out in the summer of 82 produced by a guy you heard earlier on the countdown mr dave edmonds did a great job here and bringing this style of music right back up into the forefront in the least obvious of times. I mean there was a bit of a 50s revival in the mid-70s you know with Sha Na and Grease and all that stuff but then all of a sudden about five six years later uh, bands like the Stray Cats and the Pole Cats anybody with cats in their name guys like Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe people like that it's like This kind of music was back, at least in certain circles, but making its way onto the charts like the way the Stray Cats did, that was pretty unprecedented for the time, but I I love that. Love the idea of everybody's invited to the party, and that's really the true tale of the early 80s. So yeah, now we're getting into the point where, man, what do you pick to play to represent these albums? So I just have to save myself some time and grief and go with my personal favorite songs, just my ultra favorite song. Some of these are singles and some of these are not. This one definitely is a fan favorite. I know it was pretty much played at every Stray Cat show and most Brian Setzer solo shows more often than not. So it's definitely a favorite amongst the band and the fans alike, but it rules. So I'm going to play it right here. A co-write between Brian Setzer and Slim Jim Phantom. This is The Great Rumble in Brighton. Right there from Built for Speed by the Stray Cats. I guess I should mention this. So I was talking about the Double Live Duran Duran album that I got for Record Store Day. And Slim Jim Phantom actually appears on one of the Record Store Day titles that I got as well this last week. As a member of Head Cat, which was a band that Slim Jim had with Lemmy from Motorhead and Danny B. They did basically a Rockabilly revival. So... Very excited to hear this release. I've got you know the, the studio albums by Headcat, but I don't have any live albums by them. And that's what this is, the Record Store Day release. It's a full live show with Headcat. So I'm looking forward to that. So dig around for that if you haven't heard about that yet. If you want to hear Lemmy sing hits from the 50s, then you're in for a treat. Okay, getting back to the countdown here, coming in at number 17. And we just heard the sounds of a rumble. You're about to hear the sounds of an all-out war (laughs) with this band right here. One of the most original and innovative bands of all time. And I really hate to see when this band will get constantly nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I know it's because there's a handful of fans in the committee, like your Dave Grohl's and stuff like that. But when that happens, I almost feel like saying, you know, just take the name off the ballot because I know they're not going to get in, but also I'm sick of hearing people go like, who the fuck is this band? You know, who who should I care? Like, I don't know them, so they don't belong in there. But damn, man, along with Devo, one of the most innovative bands for my money, talking about bad brains. And if you don't realize why they're so important and innovative, then you haven't heard their records. You haven't at least heard one. Top to bottom record by Bad Brains, or even a best of, because in that kind of an album with theirs, you're gonna get not just hardcore punk rock music, you're gonna get straight up reggae music. You might even get some heavy metal. They can literally do it all. Just blows me away when I hear these records like, wow, these things actually exist. So that's why I fly the flag of Bad Brains. I'm a fan for life and I feel like it's mine and Dave Grohl's mission to smarten the people up to a band such as Bad Brains. So in 1982, they put out their debut full-length album, simply just called Bad Brains. It's that iconic photo, the yellow cover with the lightning bolt hitting the Capitol in D.C. So yeah, that's the one. That's the one you want to get. This one really doesn't resemble metal so much. That would be more reserved for their stuff in the mid to late 80s and early 90s and stuff like that. But at this point, you're getting like full-blown hardcore punk rock music, but also mixed in with some reggae tunes. So yeah, I mean, they're Rastafarian. So yeah, that's what's on the menu. But yeah, check it out. Just listen to it, even as an experiment, even if you're not intending to get into Bad Brains, do that and maybe check out their best of called Band in DC. That's a great 101. But until then, check this one out. I'm playing this one because it's one of the longer songs on the record, and that's one of the reasons that i whittled it down from a bunch of favorites so going with this one right here the song is simply called i <laughs> All right, Bad Brains right there with I from their self-titled debut full-length album. They did have an EP out and some other things prior to that, but that was their first full-length album, which actually clocks in at over a half hour, unlike a lot of other hardcore punk albums in 1982. But those reggae songs, are really stretched out, so that's definitely what pushed it past the half-hour mark. And by the way, that album came out on February 5th of 1982, produced by J. Dubley which is a great name to have if you produce even one reggae song in your life. Doubly. And also, I think the album was recorded in Doubly. Okay, from the absolute crazy rave-up sounds of Bad Brains over to a super tight and super slick production right here. But nothing wrong with that because we're talking about Cheap Trick coming in at number 16 here on the top 80 of 82 with their album One on One their sixth album and this is one of those things where i guess for a little while perception was reality tom peterson had left the band they brought in john brant and so i guess naturally some people and some fans would think that there's a decline here but honestly the albums they did with john brant are really really good and absolutely worthy of your time so yes 101 is definitely loved in this household and By a lot of people I know, including the great Brian BJ Cramp, who just recently released it a few months ago, but I I would like to plug it at any opportunity that I can here. It's got a cheap trick book out. It's in stores. You can actually find it like at Barnes and Noble and stuff like that, but you can get it online easy. It's on all the shops like your Amazons and whatnot. But yeah, the book is called This Band Has No Past. It's an ultimate deep dive into the origins of the great cheap trick You'll learn things that you were never meant to learn. So highly recommended. Let's get back to the music here because BJ would want me to do that. So this album here, One on One, came out April 30th, 1982, produced by the great Roy Thomas Baker, who has produced albums previously here on this countdown, and you may not have heard the last of him as well, so stay tuned. But yes, the great Roy Thomas Baker throwing down a really cool record. I mean, come on the the big two singles on here if you want my love and she's tight those are perfect freaking songs by far and i feel really bad for not playing them here on this countdown but the personal favorite song on this go around is definitely this one right here so maybe this is a nice little gem you haven't heard yet because if you haven't heard one-on-one you definitely haven't heard this song so check this one out this one's love's got a hold on me (laughs) All Cheap Trick right there with Love's Got a Hold on Me from one-on-one. Instant correction, I'm going to correct myself about something I said on that previous segment. I always kind of forget about the Doctor album by Cheap Trick, and John Brandt played on that as well. So I have to make a correction of that statement that every John Brandt Cheap Trick album is worth your time. The Doctor, maybe not so much. But we'll see. Let's see if it actually cracks the countdown once I get to it at some point. Wouldn't that come out? 85, 86, something like that. 86, I think. So we'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. And stay tuned for this one right here. Coming into album number 15, a band that I have seen play shows with Cheap Trick. So decent enough tie-in for you. They also shared a producer here and there at points in their career. Talking about Aerosmith, one of the great American bands of all time an album that did not sell well at all upon release, but in retrospect, it's considered a bit of a lost classic by fans, including myself. This album called Rock in a Hard Place came out August 27th, 1982, produced by Jack Douglas. And here's a fun fact, engineered by Tony Bongiovi, which means they did some production at least at the power station in New York, because that was Tony's main setup right there. And yes, Tony... Is the uncle of John Bon Jovi. Tony also produced those initial Ramones albums. So there you go. A lot of fun stuff to be had here. A lot of fun facts on Rock Strikes 10, stuff you should already know. Anyway, but yeah, here's the thing. I remember seeing an interview with Steven Tyler, probably around the Pump era. And I guess the interviewer, somebody had mentioned Spinal Tap. And Steven had gone into a whole thing where he talked about how much he hated. Spinal Tap, or at least he took it very personally, because at the time of the movie being out, the band was going through its worst period, and he goes, a lot of those things just straight up happened to us, and, you know, like the in-store where nobody shows up, and he's like, we put, like, a Stonehenge facsimile on our album cover, too, so how could you not take it personally? How could you not think that there wasn't some sort of curse here? So just a lot of coincidences there, but yes, this is their Spinal Tap album in that kind of a sense where nothing was really going right for them, but it goes in the category of bands that are just in utter distress and managed to somehow squeak out a really damn good record, and Rockin' a Hard Place is just one of those weird miracles in the history of music, at least I think it is. Some other hardcore fans think the same way. But I talked about Perception being reality early on. I mean, this is this album does not contain Joe Perry or Brad Woodford on it. You got Jimmy Crespo on there playing all the guitars. Uh, Jimmy and then Rick DeFay wound up doing the tour, I believe. Uh, but yes, like I said, I think this is a cool record. It's dirty, it's raw, it's Aerosmith. It is a damn legitimate Aerosmith album for sure. So if you've never heard this album, give it a chance. And I'm going to play you a nice representative of the album right here. And this is a request that goes out to a super fan of Aerosmith, Mr. Chris Penn from Good Records. So this one's for you, my friend. This is Rockin' a Hard Place, Cheshire Cat. Coming in at number 15 on the Top 80 Albums Countdown of 1982, that was Aerosmith with Rock in a Hard Place from the album of the same name. We move on to number 14 in a band that was riding high in 1982. They were everywhere. They were super-duper popular, and they just happened to be making good music on top of it. Coming in here on their sophomore album, this is The Go-Go's with the album Vacation. It came out in the summer of 1982, produced by Richard Goderer. And this one, not as great as Beauty and the Beat. Beauty and the Beat is a damn near perfect album, but there's not much of a drop here on vacation. There's still a lot to love on it. And it actually contains one of my favorite all-time Go-Go songs, and I'm about to play it here for you. Was super happy to hear this song get a little bit of a boost and a little bit of extra life when it appeared in the Glow series a few years ago. So just perfect for that show. And I know this is definitely probably a little bit of an autobiographical song because tensions were already starting to flare in the band at this point. So Kathy Valentine went off and wrote this one, wrote all the music for it. She is definitely a true talent. Everybody in that band is a mega talent. And that's another thing that makes them one of the great bands ever. But yeah, check this one out. One of my favorite Go-Go songs. Turn it up. This is We Don't Get Along. go goes right there with We Don't Get Along from Vacation, their second studio album, and coming in here at number 14 on our top albums of 1982. We move on to album number 13 right here, and this album has the distinction of ranking the highest on my countdown here for an album that I had zero nostalgia of going into this countdown. So that's something to be commended that it broke through a lot of other things that I've had in my life for you know maybe 40 years here and there but talking about this band I talked them up quite a bit on the odds and ends as well it's a band that I've really discovered doing these countdowns I even had a record by them before I just never listened to anything else for some reason past their first couple of releases but man I'm glad I'm doing it now at least because Stiff Little Fingers one of the great bands ever is pure working class attitude and soul and punk and whatever else you want to call it came out with a hot record on September 24th of 1982 called Now Then. It's produced by a guy named Nick Tauber who I had to go look because I just never heard the name before so I like to check the bio and see what's doing but a little shout out to Sir Chris Riley out there who I know is listening. Nick Tauber in addition to producing that record produced records for Thin Lizzy and Toya and also Your favorite band of all time, Sir Marillion. So there you go. That guy's the man right there. He's probably got some good stories. But back to Stiff Little Fingers right here and the album Now Then. I definitely recommend checking this out, of course, coming in really high here at number 13. Basically making its debut here on my 1982 countdown in a sense. And I I will give a little plug to the album as it exists. As a reissue, it came out about 20 years ago or so. There was a deluxe of this with all those B-sides that are really, really good. And then it's got a whole interview at the very end with Jake Burns talking about all the aspects of the record. And it was really insightful. I listened to the whole thing, deluxe and all. So I recommend getting that for sure. And I believe that version is also on Spotify if need be. Uh, But yes, once you hear this song, you're going to want to hear this record. So check it out. From Now Then, this is Stiff Little Fingers with Is That What You Fought the War For? What a great anthem right there. Stiff little fingers with Is That What You Fought the War For from their album. Now then, coming in here at number 13 on our top albums, Countdown of 1982, we move over to number 12, and we move all the way over to what is probably a very cold place right now this time of year, Minnesota. And I ask you out there, what time is it? Or what time is it? Yes, it's time for the time and the album. What time is it that came out on August 25th, 1982, co-produced by Morris Day and the Star Company. Ah, oh, Star Company. It's run by this guy named Jamie Starr. Never heard of that guy. Interesting. I wonder why his name is all over this record and all over the co-writes. That's weird, huh? Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jamie Starr is actually Prince under an assumed name because Prince was not sleeping at this point in his life and he was doing nothing but recording music and making bands and all this other stuff going on and yes because of that it's assumed that prince played every single instrument on this record but i will say give it up for the time as a band live they are super next level awesome hard to touch if they're playing in your town go see them i don't know if it's still going to be under the time or the original seven i'm not quite sure i don't know what's going on with that whole thing but what a talented band and yeah i know ice cream castle gets all the love and ice cream castle is great of course but what time is it is i think equally as good this is such a fun record it's pretty much a perfect album it gets the job done for me it always has so i could have played anything off this record but i'm going to go with this one right here track two on the album and just a fun little rave up right here this is 7779311 12 on our top albums countdown of 1982 that was a great one the time and the album what time is it And that was the fan favorite 777 11 all right last song of this particular episode and then after this we get into the top 10 before that i'm going to hit you over the head with this one right here the third album by another true trailblazing act the plasmatics This album, Coup d'etat, which I don't have a release date for it, but more notably, the album was produced by super metal producer Dieter Dirks. So you might hear that name pop up on the next episode. There's a teaser for you. But yeah, this album, Coup d'etat, heavy as hell, raw as hell. It's just all the heavy, whether you like punk or metal or all of it, it's just unrelenting and maybe not for everybody but it's definitely for people like me so i highly recommend checking out the plasmatics this is probably their fullest sounding album and this song i'm going to play for you here it's a great closer but also one of the greatest videos of all time you gotta go look this video up it is unbelievable but it's all completely true so there's a teaser for you but until then check this one out. We're going to close off the show with this bad boy right here. Don't worry about turning it up. They're going to do it for you. This is the plasmatics featuring, of course, the late, great Wendy O. Williams, the icon. The song is called The Damned. Closing off the show here for now in epic, fine fashion right there. The Plasmatics, the song was called The Damned. It's from the album Coup d'etat, our number 11 album of 1982. And I will be back in merely just a few hours from now. Or if you've slept while I've posted this, it's probably already out. The last episode of our super duper huge rock and rank 1982 super spectacular And the top 10 will be upon you as of the next episode. Until then, stay tuned for the plugs featuring my better half, Nola, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola.
1: We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete Larusa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on SiriusXM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last... But certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete Larusa and the band Space Beard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com/spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes Ten sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
2: This game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Consensus programming is dangerous to your health.
0: The brainwashed do not know they are brainwashed.